Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes, Doug McCary, uh, here on this Tuesday afternoon, April the 11th. Is that correct, Doug? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, listen, we're glad you have tuned in today. We have got a great week as we work our way through Acts chapter 25. If you're new to SWAT, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. The truth we're speaking of is God's Word, and we're going to advance the truth this week as we look at the text. And uh, well, we had a great great discussion yesterday, Doug, as we looked at the fact that God reveals that a life wasted on selfish pursuits. Mm-hmm. We were looking at Festus and Agrippa, and I know over the next couple of days we will be looking at a life worthy of the gospel, mm-hmm. as we have seen displayed by Paul and, uh, you know, it's just over and over, it seems like, over the last probably two months, uh, we've really been looking a lot at Paul, just yes. how he models obedience, you know, despite the circumstances. And as we'll see again today, he's got difficult circumstances. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, such an encouragement to read this word. Especially and, uh, in light of what's going on in our country isn't that the right truth? now. Uh, I don't uh, know if you uh, saw, but the information about the shooter yesterday in Louisville is coming out. And it, it almost seems like they're they're very uh, – these, these shooters are young. These people – this guy was 25 mm. years old. He was an employee of the bank who apparently was about to be fired. And the way he chose to deal with it was to go in and kill everybody. I mean that that <clears throat> that that's just deeply troubling yeah. when yeah. you think about it. I mean, it's, it is evil, you know. It's just evil to go in like because you you lose your job because you. Um, I, I I don't know. That's just it's just mind blowing to me. And you know, everybody always goes well we need new gun new gun laws are not going to stop evil <clears throat> no. it, it, you know the yeah. problem isn't guns it's evil it's the evilness of the human heart we we don't even enforce the laws we have right like, exactly. like, like it's crazy <clears throat> that these people uh who uh are criminal are going to get guns anyway that's right and and so um, hatred will accomplish what it's gone out to do yeah and you know, one of the things when I was going to Russia back in the '90s, um, you know, freedom when when the wall came down, one of the problems that they had over in Russia was you have to have consensual morality in order for a, a culture to work that's built on freedom, mm-hmm. right? I mean, in other words, like if I'm if if I'm intent on doing whatever i want to do to the harm of somebody next to me yeah it's not going to work yeah and that's what was going on in russia when the walls came down right because you had a country that for 75 years said god didn't exist or or the government the leaders were saying hey you can't believe in god you got to believe in the state the state is supreme to god and so that was what they reinforced the people that had uh that were the elites that Mm. had the money the power brokers they all didn't believe in god and so when the wall came down, 
you had this pervasive mindset throughout most of the country that was alien to God. So you can't just give these people freedom to do whatever they want to do right, right. and expect it to work. Well, now in America, you know, our, our whole re- democratic republic is built on on people having a a sense of morality mm. based on a common standard. Well, how can that be when you've got people that say, well, no, your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth. Halle Berry stands out on her balcony naked, and when she's asked about it, well, I do what I want to do. Well, that you can't just do that. That the, the same people that say, well, I just do what I want to do, uh, and I want to expose my body because she's a celebrity and and a an attractive celebrity mm-hmm. thinks it's okay for her to do it, but she's going to get mad at some guy who ogles her, who saw that naked picture, and then is going to ogle her in a store somewhere because you can't have it both ways. Right? You've got to have a sense of a, a standard, and who sets it if God does it? When everybody has it. Everybody has a standard. Yeah, we do. Uh, listen, even even this guy who goes into this bank and shoots it up has a standard. He's mentally ill. Uh, it's just, for some reason, we just won't call it what it is. I mean, we use words like insane, but we use that as more of a flippant word, when in reality, it is a true word yeah. to describe these people who do this. <laughs> the, having a gun isn't the motivation to go take out evil. Yeah, I mean, you got you got a slew of guns. I know that. I got guns. There is not one time that that gun has encouraged me to go do something uh, evil. Uh, okay, well here here's the here's the issue, Brad. If you lose your temper with me. You're not going to go get a gun and pull it on me, okay? Uh, I, well, I tell people all the time, like I, when I'm talking to guys who struggle with particular um, uh, uh, what they call addictive type sins mm-hmm. uh, of, of whether it's pornography or adultery, whatever, I ask them, I said, if you're running low on money, are you going to go rob a bank? And they say, well, no. And I said, well, then why do you think it's okay to do this? Mm-hmm. Well, they see it as a lesser evil, not impacting people. That's the lie of the enemy, right? And so somewhere along the line, this young man believed that it was okay. He was justified in his anger to go take the life of people. Uh, He wanted to. This is the thing that gets me about people that are suicidal. It's like they want one act of vengeance before they go out. They want to go mm-hmm. and they feel some, you know, sense of I'll get my own justice out of it. But it's not justice at all. Um, you know, and it, a whole, like I was saying earlier, our whole system's built on everybody looking at the interest of the whole over their own personal interest. And, um, you know, we we make decisions every day where we compromise. Like, uh, <clears throat> you know, sometimes if you're late for an important meeting, you might risk getting a speeding ticket because you decide right. to do that. But are you going to risk going through a school zone 50 miles an hour over the speed limit to get to a meeting? Hmm. No, because you know there's a, there's a risk that there might be a child there. Are you going to go around a school bus? Uh, with a with a stop sign out. See, we we make these calculated decisions 
uh, every day. But our system only works if um, if there is a con- consensus among the people that, hey, this is the standard of morality we're going to live by. But when there's no consensus of that, you might as well throw the system out because right. it's not going to work anymore. <clears throat> no, that's right. Yep. And, and, and isn't it interesting, Brad, that if you go back, when did things really start changing in our country? Well, people say in the 50s, uh, when they took prayer out of school, mm-hmm. we started saying, no, we don't, we, want, we don't want that in there anymore. And then we saw the 60s where the sexual revolution came and, and then the 80s where the homosexual revolution came. And now we're to a point now where, uh, I don't know if you remember, just a, a, a couple of years ago, Miss Nevada was a transsexual, uh, not a trans, yeah, it was a trans person who had had actually had the reassignment surgery uh but it was a man a man biologically even though they had the outer parts of a woman Mm -hmm. he did uh he won miss nevada in the miss usa pageant to be in that like that's crazy he's a guy just because the outer part looks like a woman doesn't mean he's a woman. Mm. He can't have a baby. He can't, he doesn't have, you know, no matter what they put in artificially, the his body will not produce the things needed <laughs> to give life to a baby because God made him a man. Yeah. And, and so when you start changing the truth, you get things like what we're seeing in our country now unfold. Yep. It's just <clears throat> unbelievable, unrestrained evil, really, in a lot of places. Well, and, and you know, it, more and more, uh, as we are even looking at Paul this week, there's got to be a level of courage that we've got to come out and speak boldly mm-hmm. to these things. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously Paul is being, uh, you know, harassed. You know, and I, I, I look across the country and I just see such a lack of courage with mm, people. Yeah. One, one person I'm super happy is this Riley Gaines. Yes. Who's this Kentucky swimmer, NCAA swimmer, who has just been getting harassed. Mm. Um, and it's just a shame. I mean, here's a, a woman who's having to compete against a former male swimmer, NCAA swimmer. And, uh, you know, she's speaking out. Yes. And, uh, you know, there, she she's all for peaceful protest. Yeah. But did you see what happened to her over the weekend? Oh, yeah. It was awful. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, if, if you think about what happened in Louisville, what happened in Nashville, just mention the place where some person goes in. The, the attempt out in Colorado where this uh, – a guy who was pretending to be a girl was going to go up and shoot everything. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, when you think about all those things as believers, how what do we take away from these things? Well, the, one of the first things we need to be reminded of is what Jesus told the people when they said, hey, you know, they were asking Jesus about, remember the people who the tower uh, fell on? Right. Uh, and he goes, unless you repent, Worse is going to happen to you. Yeah. And we need to be reminded that 
our lives every day we get up we don't know what tomorrow holds we don't know what the future brings we don't know if today will be the last breath we take and so as believers we live every day as if it's our last day um if we knew today was our last day is there somebody we should seek forgiveness from is there somebody we should reach out to is there somebody we should uh you know just uh try to get in touch with because we're not guaranteed tomorrow we're not guaranteed next week we don't know when our last breath will be uh and the other thing is in light of that uh, i i think of that that book um how then shall we live yes you know yep we should do everything we can to help people know jesus because jesus is the only hope for anybody and you know what he can sort out the details you know uh it's uh i don't know who it was i was talking to not long ago and they said it's it's not our job to clean the fish it's just our job to catch the fish he cleans them so tell people tell people about jesus be a witness um you know the gospel of god and the story of jesus the fact that he came and died for us is the power of god for salvation to everyone who believes well they have to hear yeah and so the every one of these opportunities that we see in the world where there's brokenness and hurt and pain is an opportunity for Mm -hmm. us to be hope bringers and that's what we ought to be about that's what paul did right amen that's right glad you tuned in today we're going to take a quick break Feel free to call us this afternoon at 1-844-777-7928. Again, that's 844-777-SWAT. If you want a question, you you got a question for us or a comment, uh, send that to ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. 
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. It's called the winds of Lent in Spanish here in Cuba. Call it a trade breeze, but it's a wind that begins to blow every year at about Ash Wednesday and ends just after Easter. I cannot help but think this breeze has spiritual significance. The winds of Lent, something most Protestants can talk about, not just the Catholics. A light breeze, but sometimes a passionate burst. You can't see it, but you can sure feel it. And it feels good in a country known for constant humidity and a sun that can beat you down. The winds of Lent end just before the rainy season begins, just before hurricane season. The wind to Christians and to me, a reminder that Christ died on the cross. He rose from the dead on Easter morning. He then ascended and sent his Holy Spirit as a wind, a breeze, a burst, a gift to all of us alive in Christ Jesus. I'm Charles Morris at haventoday.org. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the radio in St. Simons Island at 91.3. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Tuesday afternoon. We're glad you've tuned in. If you want to call this afternoon, the number's 844-777-7928. As always, we would love to hear from you. By the way, Doug, uh, great recommendation on the movie last night. Uh, yeah. His did you Only like Son. It? I did. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I think it's helpful to have some biblical understanding of the story. Yes. Uh, you know, and of uh, Abraham. But how'd you like but, the uh, foreshadowing? Oh, it was great. Uh, uh, yeah, it was great. The tie in. Yeah. Well, I just got off the phone with David uh, Helling before we came in today. He called mm-hmm. at 2 30 to talk about Thursday. And um, he. Uh, he loves the Lord. He loves his word. He wants to do more of this. Uh, he, he's got a new movie that he's going to start working on. Mm-hmm. But you know what I was struck by in the conversation with him was his humility. That's what it, and, that's and, what comes off. And, you know? and he, you know, he sacrificed a lot to put that out there. People look and think um, he's like rolling in dough because he's got a movie and he's not well i mean the reality is he says in fact i really (laughs) wouldn't you love it if every movie the producer came on and told you a a little bit about that you know just before the movie comes on he 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 speaks in in the film and talks about his background and his service in the marines and then how he ended up in california working on you know movies yeah and just uh how and i immediately thought of first peter four ten as each has received a gift use it 
Yes. Use that gift to serve each other, you know, yeah. as faithful stewards of what God's given you. Yes. And and I that's what came off to me is, you know, he, he made this movie for $250,000. Now, he's probably spent 10 times that amount just to get it into theaters. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that cost. And obviously... Uh, well, and that was uh, where the studio came in to help. Right. But, but still, uh, what I was, like I said, in my conversation with him... I, I was not talking to a writer director. He made it clear from his language. I was talking to a brother in Christ yeah. who just wants to get the word out about yeah. Jesus and who loves the Old Testament, which you and I love the we love the word. I mean, yeah. the word is God's gift to us that so many of us squander and and we don't and, and to be quite frank with you, Brad, I, I remember early in ministry you know, not being as is really committed to that daily discipline of really pouring through, not just, you know, a little bit here, right? getting a little snack on the yeah. word, but yeah. really ingesting it every day. Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, wisdom books, getting a little uh, feast of mm-hmm. all of it to come in. And you just keep pouring that into you, pouring that into you. That scripture comes out of you. No question. Yeah. You know, what goes in yeah. comes out, yeah. right? That's one of the reasons I, I have, I didn't have a discipline of memorizing scripture uh, 20 years ago. Yeah. And even though Tim, my brother-in-law, who's been your guest uh, a couple of times, yeah, you know, I could see the benefits of it, but I just didn't build that into my life. and. Yeah. Now, that is such something I just don't go a day without quoting scripture that I am memorizing. Mm -hmm. Not so that I can show it off. In fact, most of the time, it's just, it's there. It's a good reminder of God's promises, God's faithfulness. And, you know, I I think of David Helling, and I think, you know, he he is using the gifts that God has given him. He clearly has a passion for this. And it just kind of points back to really what we're looking at today and tomorrow this idea that what are you doing in your pursuits are they selfish or are they for the glory of god that's what really came out to me well he yeah and he you know i i loved just hearing him share about his love for the word and and our conversation and i i will tell you just like you and me and anybody else they they puts themselves out there in any way for God. He has a target on him. Yep. It has not been without strife and without attacks by the enemy. And just like we're seeing in Paul's life, you know, uh, the enemy wants to do everything he can to silence God's witnesses. He can't because God's unstoppable in his plans. Yeah. But he also allows us to go through testing. He allows us to go through persecution and uh, and we grow through it, and he shows victory in spite of the persecution many times. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if you haven't seen it, we're talking about his only son, and I'm glad you guys got to go see it. Uh, it's it's out. I know it's out this week. Uh, you can go to uh, you know the the different Cinemarks, or you can go to Regal. I think you went. Did you go to Regal? Went to Southside. Oh, you went to yeah. Southside. Yeah, Cinem- Tinseltown. Uh, Tinseltown. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's out there. Uh, it, you you will uh, be encouraged. I yeah. think. I think you will there. too. And I I think I was 
Vic and I were both really encouraged by the number of good movies that are coming out. I mean, that appear to be yeah. more God-centered movies. Faith-based. They're all faith-based. And here's the thing. It, you know, depend, Vic and I were talking about this last night. That, you know, it, 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 if you have been exposed to the movies that the world is consuming, uh, this may not be your thing. <laughs> you know, and, and the reality is, as a believer... Uh, I want to support writers, producers, directors, those who want to take the gifts God has given them to glorify God. And that's what this movie is about. Well, it is. And and the thing is, and Lori and I were talking about this too, is that your love for the word directly impacts your enjoyment of the movie. 100%. There's no question about it. Because it's the value you assign to to, to the word, and you see it, and you think it makes you go to places that you might not have thought about of the the humanness of Mm -hmm. Abraham and Sarah. Oh, man. So yeah. anyway, all right. Well, let's get into Paul. We, you know, this week we're looking at Acts twenty-five one through twenty-seven. Yesterday, we uh, worked down. Gosh, I think we got through what, like about verse eight, maybe. Yeah, probably eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. and uh, where Festus uh, at this point, there were. Char- let's go to you know in verses seven and eight, there were charges made against Paul, but there was no proof. Again, Paul was arrested. Uh, he, he was taken into custody in Jerusalem by Claudius Lysias, who was a tribune. Uh, the, the Jews there wanted to kill him. He brought him to Caesarea, and he was brought before Felix, uh, who was the governor. He was the equivalent of Pontius Pilate to Paul. Uh, as, as Pontius Pilate was to Jesus, Felix is to Paul. And so Paul is in front of Felix. He's a Roman citizen, and so he comes before this Roman governor, and there's no charges. There's nothing to bring him up on. So uh, he appeases the Jews by leaving him in prison. Felix gets replaced by Festus. Festus comes in. He goes immediately up to Jerusalem to try to mend things because uh, Felix had messed it up with the Jews a little bit. That's why he was removed from mm-hmm. power. And as soon as he gets there, all the leaders are like, hey, what about this Paul guy? We want him killed. You know, he they bring him up. After two years, two high priests later, they still want him killed. And, and so he says, why don't you come down to Caesarea, make formal charges? They came down, and they made serious charges, but there was no proof. And he and Paul says, listen, I'm innocent. I haven't broken Jewish law. I haven't broken, I violated the temple, and I haven't broken Roman law. And so verse 9 says that Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, and you got to ask yourself why. Why is he wanting to do the Jews a favor instead of the right thing. The right thing would have been to release Paul. And and then some people may say, well, God moved him. Well, yeah, he may have moved him, but in the same way that God moved Pharaoh using his own selfish heart, he allowed the selfish heart of Festus who wanted gain. He didn't want to be replaced. Mm-hmm. He didn't want problems with the Jews. Do we see that today? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Maybe some compromise uh, just so that you can hold that seat. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You see it in politicians all the time yeah. and leaders. And so uh, he tried to persuade Paul to go back to Jerusalem. He said, I'll judge the case, being a good politician. But Paul in verse 10 says, listen, I'm a Roman. I've done nothing wrong. To the Jews, I've done nothing wrong against Roman law. And so he appeals to Caesar, which was every Roman's right. 
And so verse 12, Festus says, you appeal to Caesar, to Caesar you're going to go. And then in verse 13, we're introduced to Agrippa. Uh, this is Agrippa too, and we're going to talk <clears throat> about Agrippa and Bernice when we come back. Really uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting story. And remember, the principle that we're focusing on today is that God reveals a life wasted on selfish pursuits in the form of Festus and Agrippa. So we're going to introduce you to Agrippa too when we come back. And then we're going to share a story uh, that Jesus shared when some people thought his purpose was for their selfish pursuits. Mm -hmm. Do we struggle with that today, Brad? Oh, man. Do people want to use Jesus for their own good? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Glad you tuned in today. We're going to take a quick break. If you want to call, 844-777-7928 is the number. You have a question or a comment, you want to email us, send that to ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We will be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The U.S. National... ...to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. Ten westbounds heavy from U.S. 17 out to Lane Avenue. We've got congestion on Butler Boulevard westbound at the ramp for San Pablo Road. The east beltway southbound, you've got plenty of traffic to contend with. It's congested at the on and off ramps for Atlantic Boulevard. A chance of showers tonight, a low near 62. Sunny and breezy tomorrow, upper 70s. With the traffic and weather, I'm Tom Murphy. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walks away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed, for the good Lord has come. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here this Tuesday afternoon. If you want to call this afternoon, 844 844- Seven 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 nine two eight is the number as we jump back into Acts chapter 25. And we are looking at the fact that God reveals in these first 16 verses a life that is wasted on selfish pursuits, beginning with Festus and then as we're going to look at Agrippa. And yeah. then tomorrow I know we'll get into the contrast, yeah, is yeah. this massive contrast and a life that is worthy of the gospel. A night and day contrast. Yes, absolutely. And so, so here we are. Festus says, okay, you've appealed to Caesar. You're going to Caesar in verse 12. But Festus has a problem because you can't send a prisoner to Caesar who's appealed to him without charges. Right. I mean, like, right. imagine that, right? Yeah. So, so he has to have some kind of charge against Paul. 
And so um, at the same time that this is going on, uh, Herod Agrippa II, who was basically, he was a ruler over certain parts of Judea, like, but he was a vassal king. He was really mm-hmm. under, he was more Roman than he was Jewish. He gotcha. was half Jewish. He was half Idumean or uh, from, he was a descendant of Esau. And we'll look at that in just a second. But him and Bernice came to pay their respects to Festus. Why? Because again, he was tied in tight with the, the Roman government. Um, but um, Agrippa II was the son of Agrippa I. And when Agrippa I died, uh, then this Agrippa was over in Rome. That's how tight he was. And so Claudius, who was the emperor, made him a king who had, he was kind of over parts of the area up around Galilee. But he wasn't over all the whole Judean uh, province. In fact, his capital, Brad, was up in Caesarea Philippi, you know, which mm. was up in the north. But uh, Agrippa II uh, had a sister named Bernice. And it wasn't just a sister. It was his lover, uh, it, which was kind of bizarre. Uh, that happened a lot in Rome and a lot of other places that were pagan. But it was against God's law for that to happen. But nevertheless, every time Bernice would go off and marry somebody and they would dispose of her, she would always come back to Herod. So they were kind of a thing. Wherever he went, she was kind of like his brain trust. She went with him, right? And so uh, Herod was, uh, I mean, Agrippa was accompanied by Bernice, and uh, she was the oldest daughter of Agrippa I. And... uh, she was actually given by her father to um, his brother, which would have been her uncle. So incest was not a problem in the family, obviously. Uh, but when Herod died, she began to live with Agrippa. And uh, so they come to pay their respects. And as they're there, he, Festus has this idea, well, maybe I can get herod to get something out of him because he's familiar with the whole jewish thing i don't Mm -hmm. know anything about it he says and so i i said herod agrippa was a descendant of esau what was esau known for chow he was known for (laughs) caring more about a bowl of stew Mm -hmm. than his birthright (laughs) um and you know the edomites were pagans while the Israelites followed God. So there was always this animosity between them. And and when he comes in there, Festus tells him, hey, I want you to meet this guy. He was Paul. He'd been left a prisoner by Felix, and everybody wants him dead. And he goes, in the Roman way, you know this, he's got a right to face his accusers and a right to a fair trial. And so when you think about Herod Agrippa. The interesting thing, Brad, about Agrippa is when you look in verse or chapter 25 and in chapter 26, three times it mentions Agrippa's name with Bernice right there. Mm-hmm. So that really is summarizing his 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 moral state, right? That, that yeah. that's a that's yeah. that's Luke saying Herod and Bernice, Herod and Bernice, or Agrippa and Bernice. It, he's just saying. This is an immoral guy. He only lived for himself, just like Festus. And I was reminded of of how people want to use uh, 
others for their own benefit. Like Festus could have cared less about Agrippa. He wanted to use Agrippa to give him something to write. Mm-hmm. Agrippa could have used could have cared less about Festus. He just wanted to see Paul and hear what this guy said that everybody wants dead. You know, he just wanted to be entertained. Well, he also wants to be the center of attention based well, on what you he's see. He's a here. narcissist. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Completely. But and so I was reminded of of a story Luke told the same guy that wrote Acts back in Luke twelve. A guy comes up to Jesus and says, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus said to him, man, who made you a judge or arbiter over, uh, who made me a judge over you? He said, take care and guard against all covetousness for one's life does not um, consist in an abundance of his possessions. And so then he told him a parable. And remember, a parable is a way to live out the truth that he just said. So he says there was a rich guy who had a, uh, a land that was producing a lot of crops. And the guy goes, what will I do? I don't have anywhere to store all my crops. I know I'll build, I'll tear down my barns. I'll build larger ones and I'll store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, now you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said, fool, this night your soul is required of you. The things you've prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. If you understand the culture, the problem with what this guy's doing, he's coming to Jesus and say, hey, make my brother divide the money with me. He's getting more than I'm getting. Because in that culture, it doesn't say he was the older brother, but the older brother got yeah. an older portion. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't for the older brother's benefit. It was because he had responsibility to take care of all the the people in that Beitav right. or the house of the yeah. father. And so the son comes up. He's wanting to use Jesus. And we see this so often in the church. People don't want a savior who's going to be their master. They want a savior who they master. Yeah. They want a yeah. savior that they control. And that's what makes Jesus dangerous. You can't control Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get to tell Jesus hmm. what you're going to do for him. That's not the, the way the, the slave relationships works with the master. And we're slaves. Listen, we're either enslaved <laughs> to sin or we're enslaved to Jesus. Yeah. One of the two. I mean, you get your choice. People go, I'm free, I'm free. No, you're not. Your flesh and your selfishness drives everything, uh, even if it's a selfish desire for other people to like you. Even if it's a selfish oh, desire to please other people, mm-hmm. you're still driven by self-desire yeah. instead of what God is doing in your life and how he's leading you. And we see it so so much in Agrippa and Festus. They highlight it. But what strikes me, Brad, about both of them is they're in the middle of this courtroom. They're all in their fancy clothes. Paul's in prison garb. Paul's in chains. They're thinking they're somebody. And 2,000 years later, nobody really cares about Bernice and Festus. Isn't that interesting? But Paul's <clears throat> impact mm. continues to go and, and, and influence people. His writings, have, have you been encouraged by him? Yes, I have. I have. And, yeah. and that think about that. And not, not anything that Festus wrote, not anything that, that um, uh, Agrippa wrote. They, they go off the scene. And by the way, this is the last Herod that will be on the throne over there. After him, no more. 
Yeah, it's interesting going back as you as you went back and look at who even Herod the Great is connected here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that who had destroyed who had you know tried to destroy the infant Christ. You know, one of his sons, Antipas, Agrippa the Second's great uncle, beheaded John the Baptist. And it was just like this this destructive the whole you know, family was narcissistic exactly. and all they lived for was selfish Power. pursuits. Yeah. And that's why that parable in Luke 12 is so, I think, important for us today. Because there's a lot of people that talk about Jesus is going to give you this, he's going to give you that. And it the gospel doesn't start with you or me. Mm. It starts with God. The good news is that our God reigns. Not that just our God sent his son down the cross, yes, Mm -hmm. but our God reigns. He's over all. And if you go back to Isaiah 52, 7, that's exactly what it says about the gospel. It is the salvation and our God reigns. Mm -hmm. That that is so comforting. When you have a terrible thing like that went on in Louisville or you have something like that happened in Nashville, God's not sideswiped by any yeah. of this stuff yeah he's not scratching his head no he's, that's why paul it's easy for paul to say you know to live as christ and to die as gain yes and uh you know so often we are being um you know talk about the things that are controlling us yeah uh, our our selfish bellies like esau <laughs> yeah uh, he, he's controlled by his belly mm. we're controlled by our gut we're mm. controlled by our heart that is deceitfully wicked we long to fill it with something other than God. Yeah. And it won't be filled. It won't be satisfied there. So anyway, I know we're going to take a quick break. We're glad you have tuned in. If you want to call, we'd love to hear from you. 844-777-7928. Again, that's 844-777-SWAT. If you have a question or a comment, uh, you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We will be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Conservative Theological University now offers a bachelor's degree in ministry leadership. This is a 48-hour certified degree program designed for pastors. Ministry workers over 50 years of age with over five years of ministry service call 1-800-GO-BIBLE. Please leave your name and contact info to schedule your personal interview. The CTU campus is located at 12021 Old St. Augustine Road, one mile south of I-295. Have you done some crazy things for money? I once chewed a friend's gum for a penny. That was last Wednesday. (laughs) No, I was four. Here are some crazy cash confessions from real people. My sister paid me 10 cents an hour to be her personal footrest as she watched TV. I ate a used Band-Aid for $22. No way, please don't do this. I paid my brother five cents a night to lay in my bed before I got in so it would be nice and warm for me. I got paid 10 bucks to put Lego in my socks and walk around like that. (laughs) Well, some have sold their souls for a big payday. 
don't compromise. If you have, thank God he offers us forgiveness and grace for the crazy things we've done. And he will give us strength to walk with integrity today. This is Laugh Again with Phil Calloway. If you'd like to hear more and discover all things Laugh Again, visit us at laughagain.us. Laugh Again, truth bringing laughter to life. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, Pot of Idra listens at 91.9. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life, there's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. We're glad you've tuned in today. If you want to call this afternoon, this is our last segment. We'd love to hear from you. 844-777-7928. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, Doug, this is a fascinating uh, little text as we look at Agrippa. Yeah. Not only is it kind of a just bizarre relationship he has with Bernice, but even I mean it I mean isn't Herod I mean technically kind of a an expert that would would it would Agrippa have been the one who appointed the high priest? Yes, he in was. This day? Well, he was. So he uh, was somewhat of yeah, a Jewish he, scholar. He, I would well, imagine. he knew the Jewish law, and we're going to see in Paul's appeal to him in Acts twenty six. When he opens up his with his defense, he acknowledges that that Herod. I'm glad to be saying this in front of you because mm-hmm. I know you're familiar. See exactly. Uh, you got to remember, Felix knew because of Drusilla, probably his wife, who was Jewish. But Festus has no clue about the Jewish way. He doesn't know. Right. He says in verse 20, he acknowledges, "I don't. Right. I don't really even know this stuff." You know, he goes, "I." I I, I'm at a loss for how to investigate. These are all religious claims, and I don't. I'm not into the Jewish religion. I don't yeah. understand it. And so, but here's the thing about Herod. Like I said, this will be the last Herod to be on the throne, and you know that. Like you mentioned, it goes all the way back to his great grandfather, the one yeah. who tried to kill Jesus, the baby, to prevent. That Herod knew too, exactly. But he tried to kill him, and th- why? Because it was a threat it, to his rule. Yes, and again, he had a life wasted on selfish pursuits too. All of his life, and and by the way, he built Caesarea where they are. Mm-hmm. His great grandfather did, and you walk those shores, you yeah. saw it. It's nothing but ruins today. Uh, but the word of God continues. Yeah. And I, I um, you know, I was reminded of James three sixteen. It says, "Where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, it says that there will be disorder and every vile practice." Uh, Agrippa and Bernice, Agrippa and Bernice, Agrippa and Bernice. You know, they they Herod the great grandfather killed lots of people. It's rumored that his great grandfather lined up people and ordered them murdered before he died so that people in the city would mourn when he died. I mean, this is how vile and evil the Herods were. They And again, he's an Edomite, a descendant of Esau, 
right? They never got along with the Israelites. And yet here he is, and and Festus is trying to get him to help him. And so now, you know, we're going to go into verses 17 through 27, and we're going to see the stark contrast between Paul and these guys. Paul, a guy who lived a life worthy of the gospel. Brad, prior to last week, had you really thought about that phrase much or heard that phrase much, a life worthy of the gospel? Yeah, I always think of uh, walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. Mm -hmm. That's a, a verse we're familiar with. Yeah, Ephesians 4 says that I, Paul, you know, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Right. It's the same type of meaning, right. oh, in that. Philippians 1, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that when I come and see you, I'm absent, I may hear that you're standing firm in one mind, one spirit, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. First Thess 2, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom of glory. Colossians 1.10. So uh, it, it says the same thing. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, a manner worthy of God, a manner worthy of the gospel. And Paul did that. And, you know, when I read that, it, it our minds begin to wonder and go, well, what does that mean, right? Like, I mean, we can read that. Right. Does it mean that we live a perfect life? That, I mean, some people would say that's what you're trying to say. No, it's not that you live a perfect life. But I love the fact that God in Colossians 1, 10 and 11 and 12 lays out what that looks like. Yeah. Because as a Marine, I got to have it easy. I got to have it kind of explained. <laughs> and Well, this is a, I mean, if you're not familiar with that text, you ought to be familiar with it. Yes. Because I think it, you, what you're going to lay out here is what it looks like to walk with God. I, absolutely. And it says the first thing in, in Colossians 1, uh, 10 is bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit is one of the first aspects of walking. Like God does not bring us in to mm. not bear fruit. Even the thief on the cross bore fruit. I mean, think about it. Yeah, exactly. At the last moment of his life, he bore fruit. Yeah. You know, he rebuked the other thief. Mm -hmm. he he was he was bearing fruit and so uh you know people go well what 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 does it mean to bear fruit well galatians five twenty two tells us it's love joy peace patience kindness faithfulness goodness, goodness gentleness self-control self -control, yeah. yeah all those things if those things are not happening in our life we need to repent and, 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 and it doesn't mean, again, we say this a lot on here, it's not the perfection of our life, it's the direction of our life. Our loyalty and our desire is to be bearing those kind of things, bearing that fruit in our life. And, and in that, we end up pleasing God. God is pleased by that. You know, and there are people out there that says, well, you can't do anything to please God, only Jesus can please God. Well, guess what? How do you think you're bearing fruit? Do you think you're doing it in your own flesh? Right, exactly. No, it's Jesus in you. Mm -hmm. But that means that you are responding to him. There's some weird, I, I say weird, I shouldn't say weird. There's some mysterious, that's better, a mysterious partnership between us and God that it's like salvation. He sovereignly chooses us, but we have to, respond we have the That's responsibility right. to respond mm -hmm. what's well, the same way in the christian life 
He sovereignly sanctifies us, right? He yeah, says, are, right. You, are you being perfected by your flesh? No. And yet we have to respond. And so bearing fruit is one of the aspects, he says, in this text about uh, what it means to be a life worthy of the gospel. The second is growing in our knowledge of God. First Peter 2, 2, like newborn infants. What does he say? Like newborn infants desire yep. the pure milk, pure milk of the of word. The word. Mm-hmm. And why does he say that? Why does he say desire the milk? Well, well if, if you're going to know God, you've got to know his word. You've got to know the basics of his word. Yeah. He says, but you, 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 you desire pure mir- spiritual milk that you may grow into salvation. I mean, like you grow in the knowledge of your salvation. You grow in your appreciation of that. And so growing in our knowledge of God and what he's done in our life. Third, he says uh, that you may, uh, that I may hear of you standing, I'm sorry, um, not that hearing you standing firm, but that you may be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for endurance and patience with joy. So joyful persevering. I mean, that is a part of the fruit of your life. That is a part of growing in your knowledge of God, and it's to joy, joyfully persevere. Did Paul do that? Of course he did. We see it as a great example, a life worthy of the gospel. Uh, Matthew 24, 12 says, The love of many are going to grow cold, but those who endure till the end will be saved. And so that joyful perseverance. And then fourth, it he says, being thankful. He says, uh, he says, giving thanks to the father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints and light. And so you, you quote this a lot. We've talked about it before. First Thess 518 says what in everything give thanks, yeah. not, not for the circumstance, but right. for the hope in spite of the circumstance, rejoice, always pray constantly, give thanks in all things. Yeah. So these are the four areas brought out by this text of what it means to walk in a life worthy of the gospel, bearing fruit, growing in our knowledge of God, joyfully persevering, and being thankful for our salvation. Man, that if that's not <clears throat> part of our life, mm. any one of those, then we ought to repent. That means just simply to turn and say, man, I'm not bearing fruit. Lord, help me. Lord, I'm not growing in my knowledge. I've been dry. Help me. Lord, I'm not persevering with joy. I'm I'm complaining about it all the time. Help me. That's what he wants us to do is to acknowledge that to him, right? And so when we come back tomorrow, we're going to jump into 17 through the rest of the chapter and just work through how Paul lived this out. Paul is in the midst of his, what, I don't know, fifth, this fourth trial. Fourth trial. trial. He's got one more coming. His fourth trial, and yet... He keeps bringing it back to the gospel. He keeps yeah. bringing it back to well, the because, resurrection. Because the reality is that's his only defense, right, Doug? Yeah. As believers, as we're, as, and we don't experience persecution. No. Not like this, for certain. Yeah. Paul's only defense is the gospel. Yeah. He knows the gospel. He lives the gospel. And it's, it is his priority. Well, uh, Festus said, he, he goes, listen, I, I listened to Paul's case, and I didn't see him deserving anything of death. Basically, 
They were just having a disagreement about Jesus and the re- resurrection. Yeah. Paul said Jesus is alive. That's the that's that's what's going on here, which is great, isn't it? Well, and Paul's desire to go to to go to uh, Rome and and meet before Caesar is really gets gets uh, gets Festus off the hook. Mm-hmm. But he can't send him without you know some <laughs> sort of uh, uh, you know c- credibility. Yeah. He, he has no credibility. Well, he he doesn't. And uh, but what's so amazing is Festus says, "Listen, the only thing I can find is these leaders say Jesus is dead, and Paul says he's alive, which is the gospel. Right? He's bringing that out, and so tomorrow we'll kind of finish up that, and we'll talk a little bit about the resurrection tomorrow because, you know, how how does the resurrection really empower you? Yeah. I mean, is it is it just something you know about in your head?" Or is it something that fuels you strength-wise to be able to walk like Paul walked? So. Like my, like Joby likes to say, he says, if the tomb is empty, yeah. everything's possible. That's Anything's right. possible. Glad you tuned in today. If you want to uh, go to SWATradio.com, we get kicked off with our Bible studies tomorrow. We'd love to see you in person. Until then, we'll see you tomorrow.